Hi, my name is Sherry Doherty, and I'm a lady in red. In act two of my career and living my best life, my perspective on life and behaviors have been governed by who I was as a child, who I became, and who I am still striving to be. People my age are beautiful, bold, confident, and full of wisdom. And truly, the encore of the story of your life is still when the best songs are yet to be sung. My mission in this podcast is to shine the spotlight on people like me, have real conversations about reinvention stories, and inspire you to continue to follow your dreams regardless of your age. I'm doing it for Daisy. Who are you doing it for? Good day and welcome to today's episode of the Encore podcast. I am excited to have a guest with me today, Joanne Savoy Malone. And Joanne is the founder of Power Play Career and a licensed menopause champion. So you can all bet that that last bit is what really grabbed my attention because I know my audience is predominantly women. I know that we're all probably in menopause at some different phase, and it certainly piqued my curiosity as to what Joanne can do to guide us through that process, in addition to her own story and her own business as the founder of Power Play Careers. So welcome, Joanne. Thank you, Sherry. So happy to be here. Very excited. I am very excited as well to dive right in. And in typical fashion, if we can start at the beginning, you can share your backstory with us. So who you are, where you were born and raised, what your childhood was like, and any highlights or lowlights that you're willing to share. Who's Joanne? Well, I'm originally from a very small francophone village in Northern Ontario, it was called Earlton, and then we moved to Timmins and then back to Earlton, but I couldn't wait to move to the big city. And growing up was great. My parents took us camping lots and all this. I was the caregiver of my family. I'm the oldest of four children, so I always took care of everybody, even when my brother was born when I was six years old. I was the one changing his diapers, and I remember vividly the prick of changing his diapers. You know, back then, there were no pampers and things like that. <laughs> so I always took care of everybody, even my parents and things like that. But I couldn't wait to leave the small town. So when I was about 19, I moved to Ottawa. So my community back home was all French. I have lots of relatives. We're always in big groups. I have actually 90 first cousins so I'm <laughs> oh my goodness 90 first cousins wow. yes and most of them lived in the small community or surroundings always big parties communities and things like that so I grew up in communities surrounded with people but then I moved to Ottawa I was so excited to be in a big city and I was fearless but I could barely speak English because we spoke French all the time I was so happy to be there and I did so many things. And for me, I had so many encores, like encores. I'm in my 20 or 30th act. Oh <laughs> right boy. <now. laughs> I love that. So let's unpack that a little bit. What did your 20s and 30s look like? Often with our guests, there is, you know, building of careers, marriages, children, houses, divorces, moves. What did those years look like for you? It was constant change. And I embraced it. I loved it. I was constantly changing careers because I was so fascinated by lots of things. Because growing up in Northern Ontario, going to university was not a big thing. I wanted to go. I was supposed to get married, but then I wanted to move and he didn't want to move. So 
I said, bye-bye. I'm gone to the big city. And I started the university part-time, but I continued working. I started in banking. I went into finance. I did a stint in real estate. I got my license and I was selling new homes. I loved it. But then I got into another relationship and I kept changing and thriving and loving it. But people around me were saying, oh, you know, you need to settle. You know, you need to get a career, you know, that what's your employer going to say? So In the back of my mind, that started to germinate a bit. So then I got a a job, full-time job in a law firm as a law clerk and assistant. And then I didn't like that. I went into telecommunications as a project coordinator. And then I started doing inside sales, which was great. I was there for actually seven years, which was long for me. And in between that, I kept moving. I was moving almost once a year. I was also a telemarketing manager. I moved to Vancouver for a year to work for the arts and performing arts in the subscriptions. So I would be training some telemarketers to get on the phone. And then I went to Chicago to do that as well for a bit. But then I came back to Ottawa. And then that's when I started working for AT&T. And then I worked there for a while. And then I'm like, okay, this is not really what I want to do. And then I got into IT recruiting. So I did that for a while with Randstad. I don't know if you know Randstad. It's a global recruiting firm. So I worked there for a while. And then again, you know, it was okay. And then somebody that was working at PricewaterhouseCoopers, they needed IT recruiters, but there they started to get into the business of staff augmentation. So they were hiring IT recruiters consultant. So I made the switch to employee to consultant. That was actually 10 years ago that I got incorporated. Exactly. I was just looking at my notes there and it's like in 2013, I got incorporated. So. Okay, I have a question. Yes. Be a moment of truth here. How old were you then? I was 50, 50, right at 50 years old. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) And we didn't pre plan this. No. Previously discussed it, but I am onto something when I say people get to the middle and something happens where you take a moment, you reevaluate whether it's imposed upon you or self selected, there is a season of change. And so I wanted to underscore that again, no prep in advance. You were 50. That is magical. And so obviously you were reevaluating and that is big and scary to go into full self-employment. I know I've done it as well. (laughs) And incorporating sounds very serious. So what was your vision for what you were incorporating to become? I love working in the corporate world and I love the fact of being a consultant. You know, I really enjoyed that. However, working there was, you know, the constant meetings, the constant this and that. And I don't know, I was feeling sometimes, you know, out of sort, not myself. And I'm like, oh, you know, if I could find a job that I could do on my own. So after three years, I decided to start my own recruiting firm. So The IT recruiting, uh, if we go back there, like I started my firm, but that wasn't quite what I wanted to do. And I kept telling people that, you know, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up and I'm in my 50s, right? (laughs) (laughs) I've said the same words. (laughs) So then there was an ad in a job posting for a part-time career transition coach. And I'm like, whoa, 
I met all the requirements. I applied, got the job. Like it was just part time as needed, though. But I was coaching people like 10, 11 people almost some days, and which was too much. But that got the foundation of my love for helping people with their job. And I felt that I was almost a subject matter expert because of all the changes I've done, all the interviews I've gone through. Like I used to love interviews, right? So here I had an opportunity to help people there. So then I joined a firm in Ottawa. I wanted somebody that was local. So I left them and joined this firm in Ottawa, Clarity Group. Okay. So they're an outplacement company. We have like a partnership. So whenever they have clients that lay off people, part of their severance is to provide them with a coach. So they send me, you know, so the companies pay for it. So they send me clients that have either three sessions, four sessions. Sometimes they have 10 sessions. So I have like now different areas where I do that. I also work with benefits companies. More and more benefit companies are offering career development thing. And I also have my own programs. And and yeah, so I love, love helping people. But my sweet spot is the woman in midlife. The woman and men. There's some men too that fit that criteria of my ideal client because they come to me defeated. They come to me like, you know, I want to do more. They're at that stage where I've taken care of everybody else. Now it's my turn. And they get the people telling them that, you know, oh, it's time to settle or things like that. Or they feel defeated. And a lot of them were telling me about their symptom. They weren't calling it menopause. But I recognize it, but I didn't know how to support them. I said, how can I support them? I didn't even know menopause, what it really meant. Like I knew I had symptoms and yeah, and things were out of sort. But then one of the founders of Clarity, the partner there, she announced that she became a licensed menopause champion. And I'm like, what is that? So I had a conversation with her and I joined. This is a group from the UK because the UK is quite advanced from us in the menopause. They even have legislation to protect employment laws to protect menopausal women that I want to bring in. So with Tara from the Clarity Group, I said, oh, I'm interested in doing that. And she wants to bring it in the corporate world. But in the meantime, while I'm taking the training, because you have to go through a little training and it's like menopause 101. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, Sherry, all of a sudden things made sense. You know, we women sometimes are so good at suffering in silence or suffering and keep on going. Right. All of a sudden it all made sense. So interesting. I have experienced a lot of change in the last, say, five years as well. And honestly, until I started talking to other women, I thought it was just me and that there was something physically wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting because the more people I've spoken to, and we'll probably get a little deeper into this, it's been people saying, yeah, me too. Yeah, that's an issue. Oh, no, that's menopause. That's not just you, Sherry. And it is very relieving to feel like there isn't necessarily something critically wrong with me physically or mentally. It's just a natural part of our evolution. And I really like that, but I also like the fact that we're talking about it. And so I'm like very curious to dig into, you know, as a licensed menopause champion. So are you doing advocacy or education? And when we spoke in our pre-screen, you also mentioned that men go through menopause. So can you talk a little bit about that as well? 
Absolutely. Yes, definitely. Foremost was advocacy that I was interested in. However, after learning more about it and remembering some of the conversations I had with my clients in midlife, and I realized, oh my God, I can help them. I'm not here to fix people. I'm here to, like you say, educate, inform, talk about it, because we are all so different. We are very different in our physiology. Everybody, you know, even like for dieting, they say like one diet might work for one and might not work for another. However, I really want to bring self-awareness. And yes, men, I want to include men in the conversations for the corporate world as managers, for them to understand, you know, the employers they are working with, but also the men that are going through what they call andropause. And this is some men, they're not as, you know, severe as menopause, like the symptoms, but they do go through a hormonal change. And basically that's what it is. You know, it's hormones, your hormones going crazy and things like that. I've been doing some talks lately, a little bit about that. And men were in the conversation and they're the one that were more interested in finding more about it, which was interesting. And I think we shouldn't shy away to include them in those conversations because at the end of the day, we do work together. You know, in the world, we have husbands or even sons, you know, that might be going through it or they see us going through it or, right? Right. Yeah. There's definitely... A lot to understand. It's interesting, though, because I think potentially if employers and corporate world and just business and society in general understood it better, there may not be so much ageism. So we might be embraced more for our wisdom and for our confidence and for the experience that we can pass along. My own personal story was, you know, I had 30 years of experience in customer service. Mm -hmm. And yes, you know what? I could not develop an app. It was not a skill set that I was probably going to acquire, but I felt like my wisdom and experience in actually listening to and hearing customers and solving their problem is an art and a talent lost in the younger generation because they can build apps and they can text and they can build websites, but they can't necessarily speak to a person one-on-one with compassion as well as perhaps someone from our generation can. And I feel like those skills may be discredited. We have the famous example of Lisa Laflamme in the last couple Mm -hmm. of years. And yes, she changed. Mm -hmm. And I don't know the whole story. I want to know the whole story. And there's two sides to every story. I'm fully aware of that. However, she was a beautiful, mature, aging woman with a voice and a face for all of Canada. And she was replaced. And Mm -hmm. so there was a connection and a curiosity about both sides of the story that I would love to explore a little bit deeper. But that is a great example of how maybe there could be more understanding and compassion because we are asked to being compassionate and understanding and accepting and tolerant of everyone in society. This is, like you said, though, almost something that people suffer in silence because I'm going to be really real. It's sad. So when you get to the years when you can no longer bear children, it's sad. Mm -hmm. It's something that we are given as a gift as women. 
It is something that we can do to contribute to our families and our dreams. And we all, a lot of us, have chosen to have children. And that is one of the most beautiful experiences in your life. Mm -hmm. And when even the opportunity is over and the door is closed for you, it's sad because you start to think about your own mortality. And then as such, maybe I get to be a little cranky or a little moody or a little sad around that season, because not only has that happened to me, but like you said, all my hormones are going crazy and I can't (laughs) pull that. So I think it's like a really, really important conversation for us all to have very openly. And so I love that you are providing the space and the opportunity for people to talk about it and connect on it. If you were to suggest, say, the top three symptoms, and we can talk about some of the less gory details, but that people don't even realize are menopause related with our audience, what would those be? Definitely the hot flash, the stress, and also the belly fat. So all these three things, it's because our body are changing. And the most of them are related to stress in a little bit because stress is driven by cortisol. Cortisol is the stress hormone that we call it. And believe it or not, when the estrogen goes down, the cortisol has more room to flow in your bloodstream. You know, I remember me being like, handle stress, no problem. I could handle stress like, ah, no worries. I can manage it. I can handle it. But now sometimes it seems that, oh my God, that why am I getting so stressed? And so, you know, and when you're stressed, then you get the sweats and the hot flashes and things like that. You still have them, but sometimes it's not as prominent. And all this can be, you know, when you're self-aware and you understand that you have the hot flash, it's to say, oh, I'm having a hot flash and sometimes just accepting it and things like that. And then the belly fat is produced in part by the cortisol in our bloodstream. So estrogen goes down, the cortisol has more room to move around the body. And then that, you know, has, I call it the hormone shuffle dance, you know, like. (laughs) So it's understanding our body, you know, and it doesn't need to be medicated. All it needs is, I'm not saying that no medication at all. But what I'm saying, sometimes women will get sleeping pills, right, to sleep and things like that. So some of the ways to beat all of that is, you know, reducing the stress. And I've been trying to manage that because I've learned that for myself, reducing my stress, like I didn't associate it before I took the training. Now I'm stressed. I can feel my stress going crazy inside. So I do deep breathing. I learned the four, four, eight, and now I tell them to my client, right? So breathe in four, hold four, release eight. And you do that two, three times and I can feel my body just, you know, and it's amazing. And you do that a few times and you can feel your physiology just go down. Another way is to take care of your gut. Your gut is, you know, they say sometimes it's the second brain or something like that. But what goes on in there can be affected by this. You know, when you're stressed, you can feel your gut is in nuts and stuff like that, right? So that also, we need to be self-aware of that. And also our nutrition is important because the nutrition, again, you know, we need healthy fats. We need protein. 
right? So when you talk about, you know, those low carbs diets, not the keto, but right. the low carbs, there's a difference there. You know, it's very good for us, like nuts, whole foods, and it's all taking care of ourselves. Moving, right? Just moving, walking, dancing, yoga, and even some weights because sometimes osteoporosis—I can't say that word—osteoporosis. <laughs> there you go. And so that too is a symptom of menopause that can, you know, that can get worse as we age. And sometimes, you know, after we've done all that and after, right, and there's all kinds of other symptoms, like the skin is itchy, right? Your bones are getting brittle, your joints and your, and there's also vaginal atrophy, you know, your sexual drive goes down and that's not the end. There's a way to make all that healthy, right? And sometimes HRT is needed. Hormonal replacement therapy is needed, especially in perimenopause, okay. because, you know, apparently HRT was taboo in the 60s and 70s, but they did a study back then where now they're discovering it was false evident because they took women from 40 to 60 or 80. And the perimenopause woman, which is, you know, before you are menopausal. So you have perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. Right. Okay. The menopause is one year and one day, and that's the main event. And it's only a year. Okay. Perimenopause can last for 10 years, and it starts sometimes in the early 40s. Oh, boy. For some what is, women. What is the average age that a woman hits menopause? When we talk about the main event, it's one year big event. <laughs> it's 51. 51. Okay, very interesting. So I joke that I closed my box of tampon at 51 and my daughter opened hers that same month. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting. I appreciate that. A lot of things that you said really resonated with me and things that, again, until I started to have conversations, I didn't acknowledge as part of a natural aging process, but I absolutely do not sleep as soundly or as well as I used to. I don't think I've ever slept a consistent eight hours without waking at least once or twice in years. I also feel anxiety at completely unnecessary times. I am a pretty confident, bold, successful woman. I've walked into C-suite rooms. I've dealt with the most senior of executives around the world. And I can talk to anyone without any hesitation. And sometimes I've walked across the hall to speak to my broker and have this weird flutter in my heart and think, what is wrong with you? And so I just kind of chalk it up and have a little chuckle with myself. You know, thanks, Mrs. Menopause. I got this. I still got this. And then the other thing that I'm curious to know if it may be connected is I have some new and heightened food sensitivities. Mm. So when I was young, I could eat anything. My husband yeah. and I, when we were, you know, house hunting for the first time, we would grab two cans of Coke and a bag of chips and go for a house hunting trip. We were in our 20s. Your stomach's a rock. You can eat anything. I know. And now I can actually look at certain things and get a future headache. Or get, you know, a future stomach ache. I don't think I'll ever eat a donut again. The last time I ate a donut, the oil and the sugar crash. And I've actually recently learned that I actually do have a food intolerance to yeast just killed me. Mm. And the crash is just not worth the two minutes of consuming a donut. 
I also can't process cheese the way I used to. I can't eat tomato sauce anymore or red wine, which are all some of the finer things in life that we all like to enjoy. And so is there a connection there as well? Well, yes and no, there is. And apparently our body changes, like our diet, we should change it every 10 years, apparently. So for you, if you have an intolerance, let's say to tomatoes right now, check in 10 years, like when 10 years, like check again if you're still intolerant, because you might not be. And the body loves whole food, the body loves. So think about now, yeah, you need to give it nutrition we need nutrition to function properly to feed the good glands and hormones and our endocrine system right that there's a whole system in ourselves yes when we were young me too i could eat everything i used to love milk i could chug milk like there was no tomorrow today i'm like i can't even look at it if i do drink it or have ice cream i get these crampy sensation and this is your body is talking to you however so you need to continually assess continually self-aware and they are foods that are so good for you for instance salmon i don't know if you like fish but salmon is so good for hormones there's omega-3s in there and things like that believe it or not but pork chocolate is so good for our menopausal symptoms. Even hot flashes, I think. I had a flyer the other day that I produced and I wish I would have taken it out because there was some guidelines on that. But I can definitely send it to you after a call and I can send it in the notes if you want. Sure, that would be great. So you are a wealth of information. I am loving this conversation. And I know there is so much more that either one-on-one -on -one that people can explore with you, or I know you do some group workshops and you have a new program coming up. And before we kind of get to that stuff, because I know there's going to be so many people listening, thinking, oh my goodness, I want to talk to her. Actually, now that I think about it, maybe we'll do like a Encore Community Zoom workshop. Would you oh. be willing to host one of those for us? Absolutely. That would be Brilliant. wonderful. Absolutely. I'm going to take a note to get that scheduled and reach out to my group. So we'll talk about that offline, kind of keep us back on track a little bit. What does the next 10 or 20 years look like for Joanne? I am sure you are not slowing down. You look young, beautiful, and vibrant. And I can tell from your energy and your evolutionary change throughout your career that you shared with us that there probably is no end or slowing down in sight. What does future Joanne look like? So the future for me, I want to keep on going. I love what I do. And as you might have guessed, I'm 60 this year. So yeah, 10 years ago, I turned 50. But I'm Our 60 this <laughs> I don't want to stop. I've always said to people, you know, I want quantity of life going yes. forward. I want to take care of myself. And more and more, I learned that it's possible in getting older. I see women that are, you know, doing so well in later in life and with energy and even yourself. I'm amazed, you know, about the things you do and all that. And you look awesome. And then like, yeah, those are the kind of women that want that. I want to bring forth and I want to help them and I want to be part of them to continue. My husband is five years younger than me. So he says he's going to work for another, you know, 10 years or whatever. But 
I'm like, oh, this is good. I want to continue. I want to support women. I want to show that, yes, this is not the end. Can do things to help us. And I also want to bring the generations. You talked about the younger generation that, yeah, customer service, they have no skills. We need to keep some of the women that are in the workforce that want to stay there. We need to create a culture, an environment of inclusivity in the workforce so that they can be mentors to the younger generation and bring the generations together. Yeah. So no, Stay I'm not my heart, my friend. Those are all <laughs> my words. <So> go. <laughs> that is beautiful. Where would people get in touch with you? And do you have anything in particular workshops coming up or programs coming up that you'd like to share with everyone? So they can reach me on my website is powerplaycareer.com or they can email me at Joanne. J-O-A-N-N-E at powerplaycareer.com. LinkedIn, I'm always on LinkedIn. I have a newsletter in LinkedIn, mostly talking about midlife career change, transition or exploration, and also a bit on menopause that I started and it's called Midlife Momentum. I do have on October 15th, I have a program starting, but on October 15th, it's a three month program. So the first part is on career exploration and, you know, for mostly women in midlife who wants to change, there's a two week that we'll be talking about menopause and I have a guest speaker on that. And then we're going to finish with legacy. What is the legacy you want to bring on to, you know, your future? What are your plans, you know, because again, it's not the end. And just to say, I wanted to mention that a lot of women, you know, at this time, sometimes their friends and relatives say, oh, you know, you're getting old, you should retire, it's time to take your rest, it's time to go on. And I had a client who was a nuclear physicist who came to me. She was 60 and she said that she was saying that she was so depressed. And I said, oh, I guess it's time. And I told her, I said, listen, don't listen to your friend and family. And she's like, like, it was like a aha moment. And she says, Joanne's giving me permission not to listen to my friend. And she went on to become a consultant for startups and she's like just thriving. So all that's to say that I have my program. I do offer one-on-one coaching for career transition and things like that. So that's amazing. I love the notion of giving ourselves permission. There are no rules. You need to do what makes your heart sing and makes you excited to get out of bed every single day. And if traditional norms said that was one thing, but it's another thing for you as an individual and for your heart, then chase that. Everyone full well has my permission, Joanne's permission, and actually you don't need anyone's permission. Just <laughs> do you. Exactly. I do it all for Daisy, as I've mentioned. I know you were doing it for your future self and for our generation. And I love that. I so enjoyed our conversation today. There's just so much to unpack and we will absolutely get a workshop on the books for our VIP and our Encore community members. I would love to do that. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Sherry. It was a pleasure. 